The Trials of Apollo, The Dark Prophecy, Chapter 9. Of course, it's a trap. With her, it always is one. Trappy McTrapface. <laughs> Words jumped from the ledge. Hi, I'm Ava. I'm Neve. And I'm Brayden. And this is Return to Camp Half-Blood, the English class that you always wanted. Where we analyze the Percy Jackson and Heroes of Olympus books through a new theme every week. Rick is trying so hard in these like chapters to just throw like any pop culture reference at the wall and be like, right, kids? Right? You like this, right? I won't say what it is, but I will say it gets worse. Oh, oh yeah. That's incredible. I'm so excited. <laughs> Trappy and Trappy McTrack face. How are we this week? <laughs> wow. Um, I'm good. Um, I don't know. I'm drinking a seltzer. I apparently have just gotten a new name. Um, unclear which is which. Um, you decide up to dealer's choice. <laughs> okay. Well, I would prefer chap or McChap face. Um, personally. So if that's okay, um, with I the other, I can handle it. Okay. Thank God. Um, yeah, I'm chilling. I'm chilling. Um, am I, I, okay. I don't know what people's thoughts are in terms of seltzer flavors. Um, but I'm having a delicious raspberry cranberry one right now. Um, and it's, it's lovely. I love that for you. Live your life. <laughs> My, um, I'm doing good. I, uh, I just work all the time. I like wish I had a more interesting update, but that's really all I do. I've seen some funny characters at that job recently. Um, I recently started a new job doing social media graphics for a nonprofit, which is very fun. Um, cause I like making little pictures and, <laughs> um, and it's for a good cause, which is very exciting. Cause you know, sometimes marketing jobs, I was applying for a few that I was like, what exactly will I be doing? You know, <laughs> I'm glad that it's for a good cause. That's how are you, Brayden? I'm, you know, I'm chilling. We're just vibing. I'm drinking a Celsius. So that's always good. Um, excited to go to the gym. You know, casual cool. 9, 13 PM energy drink. Okay. I was at work from eight to six. I'm recording back to back podcasts and I stopped going to the gym. <laughs> So I'm drinking a Celsius. <laughs> oh, nighttime gym is so great because there's no one there. Oh, I love late night gym. I used to love doing um, early as fuck morning gym at my old job because, uh, listen, it's not it's not for everyone, but it was for me because I would get in and out in like 40 minutes. It was fucking great. Would not catch me. I have, I will, if I work a night shift, I'll go to the gym during the day. Like before work, but like only because I have to. I love nighttime gym. Love, love, love nighttime gym. Um, other than that, I I've been reading a book that I actually would like to recommend to our audience because it is Greek mythology related. Oh my god, um, what is it? It is so. It is a book by Anne Carson, who is a Canadian poet. Um, she's very slay, very iconic. She is big into classics. Um, and this book is plot twist about 
Garion. If we oh re- my God. that's cool. Sorry. Yes, exactly. Loosely. Okay. Loosely. Um, based on the surviving fragments of um Stesicorsius's poem on Garion, um, in the tenth labor of Hercules, which is really cool. It's like in a really like nerdy way. Like that's really and like reconstructionist of classics. Um, I'm really into it. But it's called the autobiography of Red. Um, it is tragic. It is like really queer. It is really poetic. It is really incredibly beautifully written. Um, I'm still, I'm like about a third of the way through it. Um, it is my beach read for, for this week. Um, and I, it's, it's called a novel in verse, um, because it's like a poetic novel and I'm really vibing with it. I've never like read a book this style. It's very unique, um, but I highly recommend it. It's like modernist, but really inspired by, by um, Garion and Hercules. Um, and they're like gay and it's sad. So if you liked um, Song of Achilles, this is like sadder, gayer and like, more a little higher level reading damn so if that appeals to you as it might as an audience of this podcast it's probably right in your house i'm kind of obsessed with that it's really it's really dark like like content warning it like deals with a lot of like abuse and uh in relationships and familial and just putting that out there before you, before you hop into it on my recommendation, but it is very beautiful and handled in a very like tasteful way. Yes. Ava, you will love it. I, you should really read it. I know. I already uh, went to check online what Barnes and Nobles it uh, is carried by. So I think I will be going tomorrow. <laughs> um, because I got this when I was um, in Ireland um, earlier this summer, I, we were in this like beautiful bookstore in Galway and I found this um, book by, oh, I can't remember her name, but she's like an incredible author and does a lot of classical reconstruction. Um, but it's a book called Ithaca and it's about Penelope. And I literally, I can't wait to read it. So I might, oh God, I, I have to see if that's going to come before the Garion book or after, but. Mm. Is it by Claire North? Yes. Or Catherine Webb? Claire North. She's fierce. This, it seems like that might be, oh, Claire North is actually Catherine Webb. No way. (laughs) All right. Real slay. Okay. Ooh, this looks good. Maybe that's my next read after Yay. look at us reading classics. I have another classic book that is on my list. What oh, it's it? the one that you recommended to me. That's the other Madeline Miller one, the short one. Oh, Galatea. Galatea. Oh. Galatea is so good. I also have waiting to be read um, a thousand ships by I can't remember who, but it's about the Trojan war. Anyway, I'll stop. We love this genre. <laughs> yeah, we do. With that, welcome back to return to camp half blood, a podcast that is also about reconstructing brief myths and uh, being gay. So 
This week, we're discussing the trials of Apollo, uh, the Dark Prophecy, chapters 9 through 12. And once again, Robert is joining us. Um, if you remember from last week. Hey, what's up? It's me. You, I, why is the fucking vine the first thing that came to my mind? I was thinking I, it too. I thought you were going to go full head. <laughs> well, I, 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 I just got to do the four. Hey, it's me, your boy, skinny penis. Please. <laughs> you got to oh do the name. Of course. Oh God. Oh, remember I miss Vine. Vine. Yeah, I miss Vine, Vine isn't. It's not funny anymore. It's like lost to fun. Like I used to be able to rewatch Vines and find them funny. They aren't anymore, which is sad. I miss that. But they are good for referencing in your day to day life. I cannot tell you how many times I will see a road work ahead sign and say, "I sure hope it does." <laughs> I I say that to myself when I'm in the car alone sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> incredible yeah no i say that out loud vine was just such a time and it's weird that like i think we're on the track for twitter to like die out like vine and like i don't i won't know how to i actually it's actually twitter's gonna die out like tumblr where it's still gonna be around but like it's not the same as it used to be um but isn't that crazy yeah. I don't know. It's like rapidly losing money. It might actually like because like Vine was closed because it couldn't afford to operate anymore. And like it just is rapidly it's losing money so fast. They're just like so they're barely holes in the pipe. Like it's crazy. They barely moderate Twitter at this point though. So it's Yeah, like, that's true. Like, what is it gonna cost to just leave it up and let it be yeah like one of the most interesting things land. i've seen on the internet in a while is elon musk and mark zuckerberg like threatening to fight each other because that's just so funny like just like final boss internet funny um and like they're both horrible people uh but like it's funny to watch them threaten to fight each other like physically yes yeah like oh like you know how like youtubers hold that event every year that like they have youtubers who box each other they want to do that and they want to tell them or they want to stream it on I believe on Twitter. And I'm like, yeah, you know what's exciting? Watching two middle-aged rich men fight each other. And this Mark Zuckerberg was like, I he's Elon Musk keeps threatening, like, I'm lifting weights at work to pre- like prep for this. And Mark Zuckerberg it's, it's like, I want to do this on the 26th of August, but I haven't heard back and I'm not holding my breath. I'm like, Mark Zuckerberg, what's going on? You're the CEO of like one of the world's biggest companies. And you're like, like threatening to fight some loser from Tesla on Twitter. So that's like a terrible way to schedule. Like, use a when to me. Why are you just picking dates and saying this is when I want to do it? What if he's not? Because Mark Zuckerberg is a robot, so he doesn't really know how humans interact. <laughs> what if Elon Musk has a prior commitment on August twenty sixth exactly. or twenty eighth, whenever it was? I, yeah, I won't be there. So why? Why do I need to know? I hope it happens. I'll watch videos of it after the fact. Oh no, for sure. I mean, if I'm around, if I don't have anything better to do, I'll watch it live. Okay, but what would be worse, spending money to watch this fight or spending money? I'm trying to wait, hold on, wait. This would come out next week. Or spending money to go to the Empire State Building to watch the Lightning Thief movie. Mm. Because that's the thing that's happening this year for Percy's birthday, but it's like $170 to go watch it. That's okay. This is crazy. A bad movie? Yeah. (laughs) But like, at like. A location that is, let's be real. I hope the Empire State Building herself isn't listening to this podcast. If you are, but you as a building, come on. 
as a like, building. You're but... not that special anymore. You were real tall once. You're not even that tall anymore. Like the Empire State Building hasn't shrunk. They're just our taller buildings. <laughs> You've got a lot shorter Empire State Building. No, nah, but like Dubai really, really like 10 up the Empire State Building. So like, what does she got? Like, she's like a fine, a pretty building. She, her biggest claim to fame at this moment um, is she's the star of the Percy Jackson books. That's her biggest claim to fame. Yeah. I mean, she's also the Empire State Building. (laughs) The singular Empire State Building. I don't know. I can tell you, I went up the Empire State Building uh, a few months ago. Not like... It's exciting to go up with friends, but like if you, if you told if if I could get no one else to go with me, a I would not spend one hundred and seventy dollars to watch any movie, let alone the Percy Jackson movie. I haven't spent that much money on a concert ticket. The most I've ever spent on a concert is like eighty dollars for Lady Gaga, which is <laughs> the top tier person for me. Yeah, shout out to the one time I bought. nosebleed tickets for a 21 pilot show. And then I found out there was another venue in New York where uh, the the general admission was also like $30. I'm like, I'm getting a general admission ticket. Fuck this. Slay. Yeah. Don't, don't pay that much money for anything. It is iconic to just being known as like the anything is iconic in itself. I will say, I saw recently a post um, of a guy who had bought, like, like front row or, like, pit, whatever, uh, tickets for Taylor Swift. And he was able to resell them for, like, 12 grand total. So he's like, yeah, hey, thank you for paying for my college. It's crazy how much people will spend on stuff. Like, just don't. Yeah. Just don't. I didn't even pay a hundred like that much to go see my favorite artist, and tickets were like insane. Like, I don't know. I got like the back of the venue for Hosier in Chicago, and it's Chicago too, and like barely triple digits, barely. And I felt icky about that. So yeah. As like a hundred is probably the most I would pay for a concert. And, yeah, and that's pretty much what. Yeah. And that's a lot less than one hundred seventy dollars for a movie that's on Disney Plus. <laughs> uh, I always uh, seen. But you could also watch that movie on the internet, pretty much anywhere. Mm-hmm. And I would recommend doing that for now. For now, hey, this is the uh, like first time in my life I've ever recommended. Um, sailing the high seas. Oh, sail the high seas. That that was honestly like, if you look through the quote unquote history of people who fought against piracy, their biggest argument was like, well, if you pirate a movie or a TV show or whatever, then the people who worked in it aren't getting paid, and then it turns out the people who worked in it aren't getting paid regardless. So pirate away. <laughs> yeah, for real. Yeah, I, that, that's the thing. I do believe it, like fundamentally, like in not pirating things because of that reason but like currently with streaming as fucked people the people who need to be paid over i don't believe in giving money to the studios i believe in giving money to artists but but the billionaires will only make 315 billion instead of 316 billion and that's a travesty please 
No, I know. I know. I, I wish they made zero. <laughs> I <laughs> off with their heads. Off with their heads. Someone to bring out the guillotine. With that, let's do the summary. <laughs> oh my god, we haven't even done the fucking summary. We haven't even gotten to the summary yet. We are all, right. all over the place this episode. All right, already, homie. And all I'm right. loving it. All right, hit me with that timer. Um, luckily for you, I need to pull it up. So you have a little time to get your go. <laughs> oh god okay so uh, Britta Martis is here she's the goddess of nets she traps Apollo she has this weird flirting thing with Apollo because Apollo floats with her and all the other hunters of Artemis but like she's not going to act on it it's just a weird thing um, and and they have to go to the zoo but before that they uh, Apollo goes to bed and he dreams about uh, Agamethus like losing his head and Trifonius having to kill him so that they don't like find out who he is um uh Trifonius was like hey don't do this Apollo please help and Apollo just didn't do it because fuck you um we also get to find out that Meg escaped uh Commodus and she's somewhere in Indiana now looking for Apollo and then also Apollo and Calypso go to the zoo <laughs> 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 that was cool. <laughs> they do. Just like they do. The triumphant. They go to the zoo. They go to the zoo. <laughs> go to the zoo. I don't know about y'all. Zoo date slash aquarium date. Top top five dates right there. I agree. I'm still gonna, as I said, the first episode of the season rank museum uh, science museum highest because there's a lot of activities. There's a great science museum in Queens. Um, that I only went to once when I was like maybe 12 or 13 and I'm like I need to go I need to see the science I mean I loved science museums when I was young it's just like it's the very pro ADHD museum that's true like I don't even really like science that much I just like doing things they give you so many things to play with in a science museum yes uh, just lot. like give me like the, lots of blocks gears you can you can turn things and there's also i love when they have like a wind tunnel um love a wind tunnel weather weather okay. okay weather i'm also a big fan of when it's like a natural history museum and you get to dig in the sand and find fossils that yes a fossil moment yeah. is great also when they have the buttons like the i the springfield science museum that i or that i grew up near has like a a animal exhibits you know the the parts where they have the animals because it's a museum um but they're dead not a zoo true and i don't need to i don't know why i'm explaining museums but um but you get to like press the buttons and it lights up the different sections and you're like oh there's the monkey oh there's the zebra oh that was alive at one point and now it's taxidermy but we're not going to get into the ethics of that or the ethics of zoos we'll probably get into the ethics of zoos more next week because i feel like we're gonna spend more time in the zoo next week we just we just entered the zoo here so i don't want to do two weeks on the ethics of zoos we've already done the ethics of aquariums but they're fun they're sweet they're, they're fantastic i can't i don't know anything about the indianapolis zoo uh spoiler alert that might be my vote off this week the indianapolis zoo just fucking yeah indianapolis for some reason yeah, I like I can't imagine the Indianapolis Zoo is like a conservation zoo. Like it I I don't know. Well, I guess we I guess the internet exists and we can look this up. I mean we could, but like here's the thing. What's what's interesting about Indianapolis? 
Nothing. The Indy 500, which is only, which like only the people in Indianapolis care about. And also I heard once that if you wanted to open a restaurant, if it does well in Indianapolis, it will do well everywhere else because Indianapolis is the crossroads of America. Oh, why? (laughs) Why? I just don't think I trust that. I'm sorry to any of our listeners if you live in Indiana and we've been really shitting on Indiana. Oh, no, no, Indiana's fine. Indianapolis. Oh, oh, just Indianapolis. I'm not pro the whole thing. It is is a non-profit zoo. That being said, Indianapolis has Crown Hill Cemetery, which is the... which is like the, the cemetery with the most... Um, uh, vice presidents buried in it. That's so random. I love That's it. Hyper specific. The most vice presidents. Come on, oh, V. Okay. Wait. Maybe this is a kind of slay zoo. It's it's accredited by the Association of Zoos and Aquariums, which um, is dedicated to the advancement of zoos and public aquariums in the areas of conservation, education, science, and recreation. Which like feels like better like there's a lot about their conservation and research work which feels better than a for-profit zoo but like generally zoos can only be good now because zoos were bad and then we made animals not able to live on their own and now we like have to take care of them like a short-term version of the dog (laughs) please what songs did we bring this week (laughs) Okay, I'm going to get mine out of the way because it has absolutely nothing to do with the chapters. It's just a revelation I had this week, and I need to know if I'm just an idiot. Um, So I was listening to the radio, like we just had the radio on in the car, and that song, yes, sorry, (laughs) that song, um, "Fast Car" came on, but like the the oh, what the fuck is his name? He's a country artist, Luke Combs, I think. Luke Bryant could also be Luke it. Holmes. It's Luke it Combs. Okay. So I was listening to it in the car. I was like, I like this song and it plays all the time at work, but like, I'm not going to listen to Luke Combs. So, and my mom was like, well, guess what? It's not his song. And I was like, what? It's a cover. Of you a didn't know that? No, I had no idea. It's actually a direct fucking rip from a different artist. Yeah. So now I can listen to it, which I'm really excited about, but I literally had no idea. And like, what a shitty thing. Like, yeah, I guess he, she's definitely getting like a significant cut of the pros, like of the money that's coming from this song, but it's playing everywhere. It plays at least seven times a day if I'm at work for more than like six hours. And like, it went like platinum. I did like a whole bunch of like research into it. So I was like, this is so like, it's not even like in the title that this is not his own song. Like, like, you know, when you look it up on, on like iTunes or, um, Spotify or something and are like, like in the title, it just says like fast car, Luke Combs on his album, not even mentioned at all in the title. Like this isn't my song. And like, I should probably have known that it wasn't his song. Um, cause I do listen to a lot of music and I read, I did felt like it, I felt like it sounded like familiar. Um, but I just couldn't place from where, and now I'm putting it on the playlist because I now found out I can happily listen to this song without supporting Luke Combs. 
And I actually suggest all of you do the same as well, because why the fuck are we listening to Luke Combs' version of this song that was released like 25 years ago by a black queer woman artist that is like not that only getting like half the proceeds and now the song's going like crazy viral because a white guy who is boring looking is singing it now. Yeah. And half is is generous. (laughs) Exactly. I was literally stunned. I was so angry (laughs) for this situation that I had just found out was happening. (laughs) Wait, that's wild because I feel like I've known Tracy Chapman's Fast Car ever since I was like really young. And like, I just, it is such a legendary song to me and she is so legendary to me. But like, there is very much something to be said for like, it's also such a sad song. Like, oh my God, I love it. But, um, there's something to be said for like white male country artists coming in and like, like at just the right time for him to like make a few generations or like a few, I guess maybe like one generation think it was all his. Yeah. Because it's not ever like mentioning anything in the marketing that would imply like, this is not my song. Right. Right. Which is like silently giving the money. Cause it's to like, be given, you know, right. Elvis core. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's, it's weird. It's like, I feel like some people will definitely know that it's covered, but like he can't just operate under the assumption that everyone will, because like it, it is past the time where like the people who like were listening to the original fast car by Tracy Chapman on the radio are listening to like maybe the same stations. So like it it doesn't mm, no yeah it rubs me very much the wrong way I kind of hate it um yeah glad she brought that up hey, um, so, so can I be a monster and tell my and say mine yes get your head in the game from High School Musical oh mine's even worse but I oh, love it let's hear it <laughs> no I, I want to end it Braden now like if this just gave me permission to like my I had a, a, a choice that was like really on it like love it when you hate me by Avril Lavigne and Black Bear it like it feels really right for the 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 Bruno Mars Apollo relationship but if we're going with net songs I have to do swish swish <laughs> you have to you have to do that Pink Baragon will slide his on deck I love it no you do and that goes along very well with my song which is the very own Fetty Wap's Trap Queen <laughs> that was great because she is the draft queen oh my god this is i'm gonna add love it when you hate me as well just so we have like one song that is applicable at all (laughs) but i (laughs) but i i am also adding swish swish so don't don't you worry i'm gonna do the acoustic version so it's like even more serious that's funny. Just okay. the The song is bad, but the Nikki verse is so good. I agree. It is. It's like one of her better verses, which is crazy because it's 
on Swish, which is a song off Witness, which is an album. An album no one listened to. I didn't even know the name of the album it was on, so. Yeah, it's, I couldn't name another song on Witness, frankly. Nope, that's not true. Chain to the Rhythm. Oh, that's an okay song. That one was like fine. That was pretty good. It's No Daisies. <laughs> this song. Daisy. I'm in front of this song like a lot of times in the past couple of weeks. This song came out in 2020. But I brought, no, probably 2019. The album came out in tw- like the spring of 2020, like before pre pandemic, maybe like January of 2020. An album that was also met with not acclaim. But Daisies. <laughs> That's what she sounds like. I don't know if I know Daisies, but we'll Yes, you do. Okay. Listen to it. Well, Never like, Really like, Over is also off that album. That's a banger. I do like that one. This is me proving I know a little too much about Katy Perry's discography. Oh. Meaning like the names of her albums, which is more than anyone needs to know. Yeah. I don't know the songs that well, so I'm still safe. I don't really, I don't listen. I don't, I have no reason to know this either. I do not actively listen to Katy Perry besides Never Really Over in Daisies. That sounds and like Waking Up in Vegas. Actively listens to Katy Perry. Song. Yeah, I love Waking Up in Vegas. What were our favorite parts of these chapters to bring us way back to this book? Like, I'll get back to this in my sass moment, but the haikus were especially good. They were funny. They were banging. Yeah. I I forget where... For me, there's a point where the haikus start cringe. They get kind of funny, and then they get cringe again. And I think we're in that sweet spot where they're funny. Yeah. But Maybe then again, you, you, guys, like you guys in general like the haikus, which is like not the experience I had when I read these for the first time. I think they're so stupid. I love them. I think I just like, like I was talking about last week, something about the way it characterizes Apollo is just really gets at my soul. Yeah. Where it's like, I too am a stupid haiku. Yeah. A stupid gay haiku. Yeah. It also, I feel like it proves that Rick also just doesn't, he understands what he's writing and like understands that like he doesn't take it too, like too seriously, if you know what I mean. Yeah. I agree. It, it, it's the levity of it, I think, really works. Yeah. Like the titles did in the, in the first books. Yeah. I was also just frankly like, but a Martis. Okay, icon. Right? She's fierce. I like her. I we know I love a mean woman. You do love a mean woman. And she's so mean. And it's like, I'm loving it. Something about the dynamic too, the way I was with her when she was like, there's something like really iconic that I'm doing right now where I'm telling people who used to be immortal to go on a quest for me. And I find that great because like, remember when you used to be better than me and now I'm better than you. Um, I was here for that. 
I thought she was iconic for that. Um, Real Housewives of Olympus, Brenna Martis, is like a, the friend of who who joins like two seasons later, and you're like, she should have been on the main cast this entire time. Yeah. Other than that, the rest of the chapters was all right. Yeah. I loved her. I thought she slayed. Um, I liked also finding more about finding out more, finding more out. Well, about Georgina and also um, finally learning the name. Yes. Toilet. Spoil it. I said toilet. Oh, because that's a joke Leo makes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, did, did I say my favorite part? My favorite part is just the whole uh, rigam. I keep I keep wanting to say like rigam mortis. That's not rigam mortis. That's not part of Brito Brito Martis. It, 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 it tickles the brain in the way that I almost want to say Bruno Mars. I keep thinking you you all are saying Bruno Mars, and I and I know you're not. Brito Martis. Who wants to know how it's spelled? Because <laughs> it's I- terrible how it's spelled. <laughs> It, I love how it's spelled because it's so iconic. Br- Brito, like almost like Brita, but with an O instead of an A, and then Martis. Yeah. It's terrible. Um, but like yeah. two, two more T's than you expect to be there. Honestly. But yeah, I know the whole shit she has with Apollo. Um, and also with Calypso. Holy shit, she's sassy. She is sassy. I she's so mean, and I love it. I love the like Looney Tunes thing she has, where yeah. she's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna tell him I'm gonna kiss him, but then I'm gonna run him over with my car." <laughs> I like. I'm just. You, you can tell from my excitement. I am standing her so hard. She actually reminds me so much of um. You, you all, or at least one of you knows Charlie Brown. She reminds me so much of Lucy. <laughs> I like that you picked something that was like really like broadly almost universally known and when like at least one of you got, has to know the peanuts. No, you're either <laughs> a peanuts family or a Muppets family. And if you no, are you're you can be both. Okay. I've never met a both before you, I guess. Um we are so aggressively a peanuts family, and I met Muppets families who don't know anything about peanuts, and we don't know as much about the Muppets as maybe we'd like to. So I just had I feel like I feel like you know a lot about the Muppets, Ava. I learned about the Muppets in college. Well, I watched their movies. I watched their movies when I was young, but <laughs> I'm, 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 I, I've seen I've seen their their body of work. <laughs> Stunning work. I'm very familiar with the, the, the Muppets filmography. <laughs> the MCU. No, not the Marvel, the Muppet Cinematic Universe. We love the Muppet Cinematic Universe in this household. In this podcast household. Oh. The Muppet movies. All of them. The originals, the new ones, the Muppets Most Wanted. Yeah. The SNL sketch about the Muppets. Gonzo, generally. <laughs> Non-binary icon. Non-binary icon. It's always so funny to me when I do see those TikToks that are like, oh, um, uh, I base my fashion off of the one true non-minor icon, Gonzo. 
Yeah, Gonzo do be dressed in like most gay people. The other thing that I really liked was um, which of the Animaniacs do you dress as if you're a lesbian? Real gay, gay people too, gay men too. The Animaniacs are very queer. I also enjoy the Animaniacs. They're also very funny. Classic cartoon humor. Let's take a break. And then we'll be back to talk about longevity and let maybe stay on topic of these books. Maybe. Time for Animaniacs. Then we're zany to the max. And with that, we're back. Mm-hmm. Relax till you collapse. We're the Animaniacs. Longevity. <laughs> <laughs> Where do we want to go first with longevity? I mean, we start talking about Commodus a little bit and I just want to like there's not much development with this but like I'm making the assumption I think it's pretty clear that like he's Apollo's ex right Uh, oh yes I feel like yeah they used to fuck and Apollo is not proud of it no he shouldn't be because all I know about this emperor um is that he's the son of Marcus Aurelius. So already you're setting yourself up to be a disappointment. Mm. And then he goes through his reign and does absolutely nothing right. Like he doesn't care about his job, which is unfortunate because he's quite literally an emperor. Um, Doesn't do anything except worry about who he's dating. And like, that's all he can focus on. And then he just kills people when he wants to. I'm like, he... You just explained him terribly because that sounds incredible, you know? (laughs) Like, that sounds like he was living the life. Like, fuck his job. He's just dating people. And then he kills people he doesn't like. And I know that's not okay, but I do think it's the life we all want. It is. And I think maybe if he weren't in charge of running, like, a really powerful city-state then like maybe you could live a life like that with no consequence. However, this little fucker is the son of maybe the greatest emperor Rome has ever seen. So you got to care about your people, my friend. Also, also I'm mad at him because he had a trial run of running Rome with his dad before his dad died. I'm like, you quite literally, like you didn't even have to climb the ladder. You were already there with like the president of the company learning the ropes and you did what? Flush it all down the toilet. I'll be done talking now. (laughs) She is a history major. She graduated minor. But (laughs) the way way you talk. Yeah. There's nothing minor about the way I talk about history. All right. You you really tried with that one. Maybe it landed for someone at home. It probably didn't. And that's okay. But yeah, they used to date and Apollo was ashamed about it. And I like, I have a lot of empathy for Apollo because this is real. Like sometimes we date people and then we're like, mm, can't believe I did that. Honestly, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> by the way, I- <laughs> a- Ava, that really made Ava laugh because she knows exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Shade to that singular person who's being talked about. Mm. Um, I, I will say, I always find it so funny when Rick does the whole, um, 
my characters are not having sex bit and i understand that perfectly well for the characters but like um it's apollo and a roman emperor you know what the romans did bunch of gay sex <laughs> yeah and like realistically i i know this isn't gonna happen to this book but there is like no way in like a non-pg th- PG, PG-13, maybe. It's just, like, rating of a book. Like, the R-rated, realistic version of this book. He hooks up with his ex, because, like, that's what gay people do. They hook up with their ex that they're not supposed to. Yeah, call me out more, why don't you? Yeah, we're just all being disasters on this podcast in this book in this everywhere gay people are awful gay people are terrible they make terrible decisions um there are five in the whole world and three of us are right here making questionable decisions for sure the other two are apollo and commodus (laughs) (laughs) And, and we have historical not evidence but like more kind of commodus like historically is canonically bisexual so iconic but also bad. Like, Most of the Greeks and Romans were bisexual. I mean, or, or, or s- some flavor of queer. I mean, there are so many stories. It's a lot of text. It's crazy. Like Hercules. Oh, yeah, they had a thing. No, they, no they didn't. He just was in love with him because he wanted to be him so bad. Never mind. Oh, no. oh yes, because he's like, he's like, I'm the new Hercules. Yeah, and that's, like, that's really gay if I've ever heard it. It's like, Guys, I think I'm the new Hercules. Like, okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. We get it. You're a bottom. We get it. I love how this implies that Hercules is the bottom. Yeah, exactly. That's That was my entire thought process. Young Ryan Gosling played young Hercules. We also watched that Disney movie. What other, like, proof what do we need? The Disney movie. Oh, he voiced young. Oh no, but um there was a TV show that I loved when I was younger called Young Hercules. Oh. Um, it was starring Ryan Gosling. Wow. He looks great in it. That's all. Happy for you. He's also listen, uh, Ryan Gosling Hercules walked so that Ryan Gosling Ken could run. Exactly. And boy did Ken run. <laughs> Run can run. Incredible performance. Sorry, I I need to stop. Where else do we see longevity in these chapters? Sorry, I've been talking. I will say on that on the actual topic of longevity in reference to Commodus and Marcus Aurelius, I really think that Commodus kind of got his just desserts because no one knows who the fuck he is. Um but everyone knows who Marcus Aurelius is. And I think that like there is something to be said for like very occasionally because broadly like the longevity of stories is kind of random um, from a historical lens. But like, I really do appreciate that like Marcus's devotion to goodness. Obviously he had his moments. God knows every emperor does, but like, his devotion to goodness is honored by like the longevity of how long his story has kind of been alive and almost like household type. Um, whereas with Commodus, it's like, 
you really got to kind of work to know who that is. <laughs> yeah. And like there's no longevity to his name anymore, really. I mean, so I think it's, it just speaks to like, if you don't work hard to be good for your people, will your people like give voice to your name after you're gone? Yeah. I mean, it's interesting, but also like living in infamy is the thing that interesting about Commodus. He he was just kind of like bad at his job, but he wasn't like doing Nero. Like Nero is like, like he played the fiddle, the violin, the harp, whatever, lyre, whatever instrument it was. It was a stringed instrument, but he was playing it and Rome burned anyways. um, But like Caligula, like, these are people we remember for uh, being real terrible. Diocletian, like, they did real bad things. But, like, Commodus was just kind of, like, a flop. Like, a hot flop, I guess, like, is what we're meant to believe. <laughs> like, Or just, maybe just Apollo thinks so. Um, but, boo. Boo-hoo. Yeah. One of the other big parts of this chapter that, like, I feel like bears a lot of discussing is the little um, Trophonius Agamethus moment uh, where he cuts off his head, but in not the way you expected him to lose his head. I was like, okay, okay, plot twist. That was haunting, though. Oh, my God. I love when we get a little bit of horror in it. Like, the body horror in this book is kind of really cool from Rick because we've just never really gone in this direction before. And something about him, his head having be, to be caught off by his brother, like, to save him is, like so dark i was just i was just really interested in it it was i wonder if we'll ever find his head like this to me implies his head's coming back you think they left a door open for the head to i do do think they left the door open for the head the head just appears at the end of the book like it's a like it's a marvel cameo the end at the end credit scene we yep. just but there's a box somewhere and we zoom in on it and then and the head is just like in there like screaming. Please. Made it so much crazier just with that one word. Thank you. I try. I'm trying my darndest. I mean, I feel like we have to deal like we talked about how much. Bruno Martis was iconic, but not at all about her story. Her being a Cretan goddess that was where her pantheon died out, but she was adopted. I was like, this is so good, Rick Riordan. Look at you and your classics and history knowledge. And like, uh, I'm a big like religious and history person. And the development of world religions as piecemeal of prior religions and as religions die out they get um assumed into other religions like i mean the most clear example is like almost every pagan religion of eastern europe 
the Catholics went, mm, you're a saint, you're a saint, you're a saint. <laughs> um, you weren't real, you weren't a God, but you can be a saint because like, they just went, okay, you guys worship this God. They're not a God, first off, because we have a God. His name is God. Please. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't get creative. We just went, mm, God, lowercase g, <laughs> God, capitalized. Um, and they said, but your God, I think they were like a saint. Maybe they were an angel. I think they, they're like friends with our God. And so, like, you can still They're worship besties. God, but, like, know that your God is just, like, an assistant to my God. But it worked. It was, I, it, like, it's, it, like, such a sinisterly clever thing that the Catholic Church did to, like, control Europe and then the world. Frankly, oh, there's so much to get into there. But... That being tracked even in this this ancient version of the Cretan to Greek to Roman is really interesting. And so the survival of Brenomartis as this minor goddess that would have been really important to Crete, which is an island in the Mediterranean, which is a thrives off a of seafaring culture. So that that she is a goddess of nets and hunting because she's a more ancient goddess, and that would be a really important goddess to a pantheon that is pre the Greek pantheon that is a little bit more of a developed society that is the Greek pantheon that is cemented in our minds is one of a democratic priest that is kind of already questioning the the validity of the gods versus they're developing science and math. Therefore, the gods are more these ideas of this, this cultural, this civilization of gods, whereas the Cretan gods are more gods of the wild, more feudalistic gods, but much more similar to like the Gaelic, the Norse gods. But her being adopted into this pantheon as like an assistant to Artemis in this way that's like personal, but also embedded in like the development of history and religion. I was obsessed clearly as I'm going on and on about it. Someone else say something, please. So you well, know I, that all history just goes back to tuberculosis? No, okay. Please. No, because I agree. Not on the tuberculosis point. Um, but I agree <laughs> with... <laughs> with Brayden's point completely, I think it's fascinating. But it also brings into, like, I I don't know. It, it like her being a Cretan goddess is so fascinating because a it begs the question: um, when did then the Olympian god like how what is their origin story slash now does time matter to them like they come into existence at a specific time that can be associated with any historical event human wise. Um, and, and were they not just sitting there forever and ever like kind of was implied. I think it's really interesting if they weren't. Um, and also the idea that like, it just, it makes once again, and Rick is just doing a better and better job with this. Like it makes these like hard to reach like inaccessible I guess not only like deities but like kind of historical and classical figures more accessible because like there's that constant immortality debate that like we as a society have of like would you want to be immortal like all your friends and family would like just be gone and you'd have to like um 
carry on and everyone you get close with, you'd have to see them like go through the life cycle and you wouldn't be able to do like, we are so like that debate is so ingrained in our society and like these weird between the lines ways. And, um, we're kind of able to see her go through that as her own pantheon dies out when the idea of like the Greek pantheon dying out isn't even really one that we entertain. Like we know that they'll be fine. Like even in the war with the Titans, we're like, we know that they'll be fine. So it's this idea that like that threat, that like the overall threat of like non-existence is real. And like, it just makes, it's so cool because it makes it even more ancient than we've been dealing with deity and character more accessible to modern day, which I'm just beyond obsessed with clearly. So she's also really tied in, in two other key ways, which I'm also obsessed with, which is one Calypso is also, also Cretan. Like we, and we literally talk about her speaking Minoan. So that was just like, and that, that, that relationship there, which isn't really talked about. It's kind of brushed over, but is really interesting to me. Um, and I, I'm just wondering if we get into it a lot because I would like us to get into it more, but it's okay if we don't. But also the emperors. This idea of what makes a god a god is really tied up and important in this series. Because I mean, because it's about Apollo. And this like the question is why is, is Apollo a god? Especially if his, his godliness can be taken away. And then godliness can be given and gained or corrupted and stolen by these characters like the emperors or shifted like Brynamardis by cementing yourself in people's stories and histories. Again, very Neil Gaiman. <laughs> but you know what? I've always loved it. Yeah, I love, oh, I love American Gods. It's so, like, not the, I don't even think the book is that good. I just think the concept, I love the concept. The book is good. But, like, the concept I love even more than the book. I actually think Good Omens is, is a better Neil Gaiman title. Um, anyways. I've been talking a lot. <laughs> That's okay. This is a podcast. You know, fair enough. Do you have any other thoughts? Um, I mean, I think the longevity of Joe and Emmy's relationship is very sweet. That's it. Yeah. Very sweet. Love them. Very cute. Imagine imagine finding love so strong that you're willing to give up immortality. Oh yes. There we go. Longevity. They gave up they give up immortality. Longevity. Immortality as a as a concept throughout these books is really interesting because it's like not something that exists, but also is something that exists because of memory. And that's what we're dealing with. And like legacy. It's It's so interesting. More subjective, which I love. It's it's so compelling to me. It's so much more. These books are so much more interesting than Heroes of Olympus. Uh, yeah, I agree. <laughs> Those being just, Heroes of Olympus, lit is back. Which is funny because a lot of people, I think, in the fandom, like, 
prefer heroes like you could run a poll right now and be like have you read trials of apollo you'll get a bunch of no's because people just sort of fell off and didn't want to keep reading it for some reason oh yeah we we haven't read it until now like we we are those people yeah and it's just i always think like the first two books of the trials of apollo books kind of feel slow for me they pick up like around the end of this book beginning of next book for reasons um and what that that was a drawer and (laughs) um i i'm just a i'm just happy y'all are reading it because it's it's a good book series even if i think some parts of are slow and b let's pretend i had a b (laughs) <laughs> right. I loved your B. That that B was so interesting. Thank God. Oh, what's that? speaking of old vines? What's that one? It's like um, my name's like Michael? Michael with a B, and I'm Where? afraid of insects. Where's the B? There's a B. Oh, a, literally a masterpiece. Mm. That one's a good one. That one is a real classic. I am terrified of bees. I, I love them. They're, they're they're little buddies trying to help pollination, but I'm terrified of them. Me too. Is it time for sass moments? Yes, let me pull mine up. Um, I'm going to get to it first because I feel like some of you might already have this one. Um, something about a train and children made of potatoes. Tater tots are food. <laughs> Tater tots are food, but that is an understandable mix-up for a guy. We, we love, we love. Me too. I I'm did. So y'all can go. I'm trying to find mine. I lost mine. Ah. Can I? Can I? Can I get mine? Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> uh, I, I'm just a sucker for any time the Aradona speaks. So. <clears throat> oh. Now hast thou asked too many questions, the arrow intoned. My wisdom doth not spew forth answers as if t'were Google. I love it. So good. I'm also picking an arrow of Dodona moment because these two pages are hilarious that we're all picking from. Um, Seekest thou the choo-choo? The choo-choo? Is there an echo in here? <laughs> I almost picked that one. <laughs> oh my God. It was just, I felt that sass. Like that was something I would say. And I really was feeling that. You would. And that's why it made me laugh so hard when you said it just now. It was just a very like, did I stutter? <laughs> Is there an echo in here? I love that. I'm going to start using that. Um, so I still have two. Um, I'll begin with, let's see, the emperor, he loves naming things after himself. At the ceremony, he plans to rechristen Indianapolis. That in itself did not strike me as a tragedy. Indianapolis was a rather difficult name to love. I thought that was funny. Book Indianapolis. Which was wild because I'm like, you literally have Polis right there and that's Greek, so whatever. But, um... I also was just 
may be a huge fan. That's not what I meant to say. <laughs> She's just like a huge fan. <laughs> I I do believe the haiku to start 11 was my favorite haiku to date. Um, four beheaded dudes are too much for one nightmare. Why me? Sob, sob, sob. <laughs> the three. That one was a little millennial to me, I can't lie. Sob, sob, sob was giving big millennial energy. <laughs> no, no offense. Three of them. The fact that there are three of them is what makes it funny. Yeah. No, there's four. Four total. What? There's the three that get a killed in the Coliseum. No, he's oh, saying the sobs. Oh, the three sobs. Yeah, okay. I'm like, wait a minute. Um, Rick, I think I said either at the beginning of this episode or last episode that, you know, or at some point at the middle of this episode where I'm like, yeah, the haikus get kind of cringe. This one isn't cringe. Um, it's lazy in a he worked hard for it way, if you know what I mean. I agree. It feels like intentionally bad i loved it <laughs> yeah that's why i like them because they're not good exactly and like it's very in line with apollo and that's why i love them i also just i forgot to bring this up we were brought up the beheadings i just need to bring up marcus for a second because in the last chapters we spend like half a page describing him but like he's like older hotter nico and we spend a long time describing him he has these like illusion powers and then he's dead two chapters later so i was like okay we spent a lot of time setting up this guy as if he would be important and then he wasn't so why did we spend that time i thought that was incredibly funny that's it because then we have lit and lit, as we discussed in <laughs> six, five books ago, is hot. But evil. Yeah. But like only a little evil. Like not the most evil. Who are offerings for? Marcus Aurelius. I, you know, I had a feeling. <laughs> Uh-huh. I'll give mine to Calypso. Oh, true. Oh, yeah, she had a moment. She did. That's about it. Like, yeah, she I like her. She deserves it. Did this part include where Apollo and Calypso sort of have a yelling fight? And Apollo's like, yeah, you chose to be mortal for love. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. Like, that was crazy. Yeah. And she's like, oh, you, you you know that meme that's like, you know, you picked the wrong option, the wrong dialogue choice in a video game? Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty much what happened. Funny. Uh, I gotta honor my boy, the Arrow Dodona. Love him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that. I don't think we've given the Arrow an offering yet. But we must. Yeah. Yeah, we've given a lot of compliments, but... Not, but never, never a full offering, so I'm glad that the move was made. The enchantment doth start plaguey, plaguey, plaguey. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't think anyone will be surprised that my offering is for Brita Martis. Yeah, too. My yeah. icon, my queen, my, like, she is 
surplanted Carly Rae Jepsen and Lady Gaga as my favorite diva. Um, I just, I keep picturing her as like Kyle Richards of the Real Housewives yeah. of Hills. She has like, she just has that vibes. I see it. Wait, that's funny. And uh, she, like, like I said, she's just giving Real Housewives energy and I, I'm really here for it. She's, she's so mean to Apollo and it's so funny. Who are we voting off? I think I, I have to even out uh, the vote for gay people last week and vote off gay people this week because based on our conversations last week versus this week, last week, gay people were doing well. This week, gay people are commodus com- and Apollo. And this is, the, this is the bad side of gay people, the gay men. Last week, we're talking about gay women. Oh my God. Listen, don't get it twisted. We do dumb shit, but... Yeah, that 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 was pretty bad. So, bye bye, gay people. True. Um, I'm gonna vote off Bruno Mars because his name sounds too much like an ancient goddess's name, and she's more relevant. Capitalizing off someone else's fame—a huge theme of this week. Right. It's giving Luke Combs. It's giving Luke Combs. <laughs> Luke my phone office for Luke fucking Combs. <laughs> Literally, who are you? Like, who are you? Why is your last name Hair Appliance? Plural. Why are you in, like, blaring through the radio 24 hours a day? Infuriating. Uh, my vote off. Uh, who do I not like in this these set of chapters? Um... I don't know who who's someone who lives in Indianapolis. <laughs> Is there any fa- oh John Green? Let's vote off John Green. Why not? John, John Green? Green does live in Indianapolis. He lives in Indianapolis. Yeah, so I'm just voting him off because if I'm going off my logic that he exists unless otherwise canon. Hey, he had that name drop in fuck. What was it? Mark of Athena. Oh yes. I Jason think. Grace, John Green. I need to know the relationship between Rick Riordan and John Green at some point. I, I need to. I need someone with the authority to ask them that question. Like, are they besties? Do they hate like each other? Find out the, the only option. Yeah. yeah. But are yeah. they boyfriends? Who? Oh God, no. <laughs> okay, now I'm changing mine to to Brayden now, just because you said that. I was try- I was making a, a Commodus uh, Apollo parallel with John Green and Rick no. Brayden. But fine. No, nope, you, Brayden, vote you off. fully deserve that, Brayden. Yeah. Off the island, Brayden. Sorry. No, I've been unhinged this episode, so I actually feel like I, I earned it. With that, that is all for this week. Robert, would you like to plug yourself once again for the last time <laughs> on this double feature? Woo, double featurette. Um... You know, hopefully by the time this episode airs, um, uh, the AMPTA comes back to the table and, like, agrees to give less than 1% of their money to the actors and writers who so want it and, like, make sure uh, they, they're not just replacing them with AI. So, uh, until I have confirmation of that, I'm only just going to plug my Heartstopper podcast, True Grammar Book Club. I do that with um, former host Meg's our former co-host, our former guest, Megs. Uh, we talk about, about gay stuff because it's a gay comic. Brayden is like, sh- not, not shotgunning. What, what's, um, what's the fucking term when you 
yeah that right hey you know what descriptive descriptive jokes are funny for an audio medium um but yeah that's it true and book club go read heartstopper please and thank you with that that's all for this week join us next week folks where we'll be discussing chapters 13 through 16 Make sure to follow us on social media. We're at Return to Camp on every platform that matters. And we also have a coffee account and a Redbubble store and a website, www.returntocamp.com. We're not on X. We're on Twitter, though. Yeah. I think my favorite meme I've seen so far is like, stop call, stop calling it Twitter, says the man who dead names his child. Please. Yeah. I definitely liked it, perhaps even retweeted that. <laughs> Retweeted, notably. Fuck Elon Musk. Fuck X. Fuck Elon Musk. Fuck fuck X. Fuck the idea that he wants to call it, like, Zeet, I think is what he wants to call it. Hey, you should Zeet that, or whatever the fuck it is he's trying to do. Oh my god. Yeah. That's so scary. Hashtag free Twitter. Hashtag free Twitter.